From the All Indiana Podcast Network, this is Real Talk. No strings attached. The podcast brought to you by the youth of Indianapolis using this platform and their voice to touch on vital topics they believe impact their communities. Here's the Real Talk team for some Real Talk. No strings attached. Are you ready? Because here we go. What's up? You know what it is. Real Talk. I'm JT. I'm Eastside Kai. I'm Nadia. Not the little one. Yes, Big sir. one, never the little one. No, no, not at all. We have, well, first off, I'm. how are y'all doing today? I'm doing good. I'm feeling mentally good, physically good. <laughs> Our main woman, Ashley, just ordered us some good chicken tenders and fries. So I'm feeling, Ooh. my energy's high. I'm feeling good. We ain't good. Girl. And we about to eat this podcast. We ate the chicken <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, stay hungry. Yeah. What's and up? Today we're here with Councilor Graves. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Keith Graves. Yes, sir. The City Council, East Side of Indy. Yes. Took the dub. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, man. How did yeah, it feel? So, happy. so I got to say, oh, man, I'm so relieved right now. You couldn't have told me that the results would have been what they were. Like, even throughout that day on Tuesday, November 7th, Election Day, but as soon as I was uh, able to confirm, I just threw all everything in my hands. I threw them up in the air. So I was very yes. happy. It's a lot of hard work. We've done a lot of work over the last four years. And I'm just glad that those people who are in my community that vote, I'm glad that they realize that it was part of, uh, I'm partly responsible for what, what we've seen as, as far as transformation on the east side. Yes, yes. Yes, sir. Congratulations once again. Big Doug. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Big Doug. Thank y'all. Yes, Thank y'all. Hard work. Hard work pays. <laughs> all it takes. Yes, yeah. sir. Hard work definitely pay off. Well, um, my question for you, what made you even get into politics? Man, that's such a great question. You know, um, it's something uh, that I look as the next step in what I really started a long time ago. So... I hate to tell how old I am, but like <laughs> Go ahead. 30, 30 years ago. So I'm really, really old. 30 years ago, um, I actually was very young. So probably not much older than you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, I just went to the people in my church, me and my best friend. We were like, hey, can we can we uh, do a mentorship program, use the church facilities? You know, we had a hoop court. We, we brought some of the guys in the community I grew up in, Brightwood. We brought them in mm-hmm. and we just wanted to have like mentor sessions um, so that was really where I started. I went to a great church. My, my pastor, he, he was uh, one of the city's architects of what we see as far as black um, excellence. His name is mm-hmm. Reverend Dr. Andrew J. Brown. So they have a street named after him. So mm-hmm. he was he was that much of an impact on our city. Uh, so he allowed, he allowed us to, to use church van. We went through my old community, Brightwood. We picked up some of the guys and some of the guys are really doing well today. I mean, just doing some of the things that I'm doing uh Got to give Fletcher Triplett a shout. His family, those guys, are they were my mentees a long time ago. But uh, that kind of birthed uh, the fire in me to want to see people, um, you know, do better, realize their full potential. Um, somebody invested in me, so I, I did the same thing. And um, over the years, I've done many different things, like uh, created a flag football league that was um, mentorship really based. Um, and then I moved to the east side where I – hadn't lived where I live now. And I was like, wow, I remember this community. It was a little different back in the day. And I just said, we can do better. Right. Talked to the people, came up with a platform, and ran. And just four short years ago, I was uh, elected for the first time. And, you know, I think I 
uh, delivering what they wanted. They wanted to see the community look better. They wanted safety. Uh, they wanted me to be available and accessible. And I think I think I've answered their call. So much to be proud of on the east side of Indy. Yes. Can you talk about your upbringing in Brightwood for a little bit? <laughs> Yo, so I don't really do a lot of that talking about it because okay. I like I like people to just kind of paint me beige, right? right? But I do believe that there is an opportunity to reach people mm-hmm. if I really start telling my truth because I, I, I'm a stockbroker mm-hmm. and I think I've always thought, I've been in that role for 25 years, I've always thought if people don't know all that, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we trust you with, with your money, with our right. money. But now I think in this world of public service, I think people should know. I think people should know that I moved a lot when I was a kid. I moved like 13 times by the time I was 13 years old. I mean, um, instability was the name of the game. Always a new kid on the block. Um, Always, you know, have to reinvent myself. Always knowing, you know, I learned how to read a room, though. You go into school, you're like, "Uh, don't mess with them. You know, they, they, they not that crew, you know. They are all right, but don't get too attached to them, you know. So you know how to read a room, and I and I use that skill today. Mm. So my life, uh, it was challenging, but it really wasn't all bad. I mean, um, yeah, there was times when we were we were really uh, doing doing tough times. Um, I remember Chuck's Market, which is in my district now. Um, so I'm so pleased and, and proud to serve the district I actually grew up in. But one time, you know, there was no food in the house, and things were getting kind of tight. So mom wrote a letter. I said, take this to the to the store around the corner, Chuck's Market, across the train track on Massachusetts. And I was like, yeah, she's like, I don't know what we're going to do if he says no. But in my in my mind, I knew what I was going to do. I was going to come home with something because at that yeah. point, I'm like 12 or 13. I couldn't let him down. So uh, but God blessed me that day and, and he did what we needed, you know. But That's at true. the same time, it's those experiences that I think I take into my role today. Uh, those those experiences of not wanting to see anyone struggle like that, having quick access to food, um, whether um, it's something that um, you find um, in a desperate situation like we were, or just just need another few days before the paycheck comes, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I, I really champion for people like that. I mean, um, it gets deeper <laughs> if, I, if I go into the whole thing. I don't think we got enough time for that. But yeah, mom, uh, she was a young mother. Mm-hmm. So she got like wise and was like, I'm moving to my uncle's up in Illinois. And we didn't quite make it to his house. We actually lived in like a, a homeless shelter, <laughs> which was which is a crazy experience. But again, everything that I experienced, uh, myself, my brother, my sister and my mom, it made us strong, you know, to right. go from uh, where we were living in that, that shelter, Pacific Garden Mission in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and it wasn't just like a weekend. It was like that's where the school had my address. Right. So uh, now, you know, my sister, you know, uh, she has you know, Airbnbs and, you know, we all like a must. It must have made us really want to really st- strive. Right. But we all have a heart to give back. Um, and I think that that's really my motivation. It's, it's definitely not money. Uh, or, like, this is what I went to school to do. You know, I didn't, I'm a stockbroker. And I don't make a lot of money being on the, on the council, just a little bit. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I definitely do it from my heart, you know, because there's, there's a Keith Graves out there. You know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a, a person out there that... Just need one person to talk to them, tell them the right way, and bam, their life goes goes crazy, man. So my life did go crazy. I 
was at a crazy high school, Northwest High School. Sorry for the space pioneers in the room. <laughs> but but I transferred to Broad Ripple and bam, it just went, it just went wild, man. After that, I ended up going to IU. They were like, you can go to the you can go to IU. I'm like, what? I can go to IU. My freshman year was like I literally wasn't a model school student. I was like a a D student and but I knew it wasn't supposed to be that way because I had cousins that 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 were doing pretty well and they were I would go over to their house and I'd be like, wow, I want to live like this. I just want to be like this. And then I had to go back to my neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, I got to get out of this. So I tr- I was so serious. I transferred schools, even though Northwest was fun. But I, I, I wanted to have a serious life. And when I went to IU, I was not a great student in high school. I, I struggled, but I, I studied hard because I wanted to be, um, I wanted something. I, I really hope that if nothing else people get, I want them to want something. And if they want something, they'll they'll do what it takes. And then I also was scared of being incarcerated. So you never have to worry about me wanting it bad enough to commit a crime. In fact, um, I don't know who this speaks to, but I've never smoked marijuana in my life or never done any drugs or pills. So I think that's kind of a a great um, thing, too. But um, so anybody who does that, I think it kind of takes away from their their um, motive, uh, their their upper momentum. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I transferred to Broad Ripple, ended up going to Indiana University um, and uh, graduated I was planning on going to law school, ended up becoming a stockbroker, fell in love with the industry. And here I am uh, 25 years later uh, on my own uh, firm, uh, managing money for hey. institutions. Hey. Yeah. Come on, home firm. Home firm. Come on, We're still new. Firm. We're still young. We're still, you know, struggling. But uh, I think we um, we just closed our, like, uh, we're in almost $100 million that we manage for clients, um, which which. In the world of being a broker, okay, that that is good. I'm not going to deny it. But in the world of big firms, it, it pales. It's very small. They're in the billions. So, but I'm happy to be at 100 million. And it's really just a year. So yeah. we 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 took our first deposit in 23, and and we are not out of 23, and we're already at 100 million. Yeah. Just dubs all around. Look, look, it started it started different though. Right. It started, started different. On the bottom. Now I'm here. Yeah. Straight got it out the mud, right? <laughs> no, no, and no lie. People be using that on a regular, but nah, that's real. Right. That's real. What yes, are sir. the plans and aspirations that you have for your district? Wow, you know, uh I say all the time, I'm so excited about what we've seen because in just four short years, and some of this did start putting the ingredients together before I got on the council, but a lot of it was my, my touch and my begin. And some of it was just me carrying that, that football to the end zone. But in four short years, we now have food in a food desert, what was known as a food desert, really beautiful, mm-hmm. great grocery store. So I'm excited about that. We got healthcare in a healthcare desert with Eskenazi. They're now in our community, a real, a real hospital in our district. Like who, who has seen that on the East side? I'm from the East side. We don't really, we don't really see buildings that are big and beautiful sprouting out of the ground like we did, you know. So I'm excited about that. Um, two banks coming to what was known as a bank desert. So mm-hmm. I, I just came in and just used my ability to negotiate, you know, with with my my colleagues on the council because they got communities they want stuff in their communities too. My my the mayor's administration, uh, business leaders, and and rallying uh, those neighborhood association leaders and just everybody who can really help us push for more and better 
in our district. And so when, when I'm asked, like, what do you see in the future? I want to see more. I just want to mm-hmm. see more. I want to see more developments. Uh, we've got about three, four hundred million dollars in development projects from banks to new housing, um, to health care, to a real good job provider in Cook Medical. They're a great company that they came to our district. Now they have a device manufacturing facility. So we do have a lot, but I just want more. I want yeah. I want Devington to do the same thing. I want parts of our community that still have a far way to get to grocery stores. I want them to have grocery stores. So uh, to answer your question, I want to duplicate the success I saw in four years. I want to, I want to take this last election where my neighbors and my voters said, we want you to do it again. I just want to do what they asked me and do it again. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, man, we back. We back with Councillor Graves. Councilor Graves, I want to speak to the youth, as in those that want to get into politics, the ones that want to get more outreach. What specifically, what advice would you have for them? Man, that's such a great question. And uh, I definitely appreciate you asking that question because a lot of times when you're younger, you might feel like, I can't wait until I get older to do A, B, or C. But as I just shared with you and your listeners, um, I think I was like 20, 21. So we went to our, our church and we were like, can we do a mentorship program? So we we kind of had it in our minds what we wanted to do, but it doesn't have to be that aggressive. You can actually just go to an existing organization like Voices and, mm-hmm. and just really get involved. And uh, there are communities all across Indianapolis that have organizations that want youth, that need youth to come in. Uh, breathe life into their groups and their organizations, whether it's a community-based organization, a church-based organization, school-based organizations. And once you get in, you start seeing how things are. And you, if you have the right mindset, you'll see how you think things should be. Mm-hmm. And then you'll want to partner with organizations or adults somewhere, like I did with my church, and say, hey, we, we think we can help. This is how I can help. But it really just starts by getting involved in something that might already be in existence. You don't have to create from the ground up. Every election, there's opportunities to work polls. There's opportunities to work um, like calling people to remind them of the uh, election that's coming up. So we need people to help out in those in those ways as well. So but um, you can really be meaningful in what you do to help just by just by asking, you know, around or creating your own. Uh, We see every once in a while news articles on people that are young, that are doing things and trying to see their community better. If you have ideas, if it's in your heart, don't let nobody stop you. Just go for it. Right. As a counselor, how do you think that you can speak to the youth and get them involved? Right. So I think um, it's really important that you... Uh, have a constant, ongoing uh, relationship with you. You can't just come like every four years or every two years when you get elected. You can't come every 
so often, twice or three times a year, take a picture and bounce. You got to actually stick around. So you have to make a strong connection and have a relationship with a group. And Mm -hmm. what I did the last time I was involved with Voices is one of the guys that I was paired with as my mentee was supposed to be for a brief period of time. He's still my mentee to to this day. It's been three years now. So I, I have men, I have about five people that I mentor. And, um, you know, um, I think that people in my role and, and similar roles, they should they should seek to engage youth, but not just a pop in type of thing. You have to truly connect with people. And I think it's so much in the, in the phrase I just said, they have to connect because we're in all hands on deck environment right now. I think. Our youth are crying for attention. They're letting uh, things that they otherwise wouldn't let come into their world, like this easy access to guns. I think it's the law that makes guns easy, easy access, easily accessible. And what do you do when it's easy accessible? You get it. So, and then when you um, make bad decisions, as we know many youth can, um, then uh, we have unfortunate circumstances as a result. So what we need is we need more um, adults, more leaders in our community, more people engaged. We need more voices all across the city to engage specifically in youth uh, to make sure that these uh, young people, men, women, boys, girls will understand that there is a there is hope. There is something to want, you know, and it doesn't always have to have uh, the involvement of guns and other things that might have negative uh, results. Definitely. And you kind of spoke about um, in the beginning how, you know, your kind of first course of action and wanting to get involved was becoming a mentor yourself as a young leader. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of speak to the importance of mentors or caring adult figures or even not just mm-hmm. adult figures because you were only about 20 or something so mm-hmm. even like young adult leaders mm-hmm. being involved in young people's lives do you think that will impact or see a decrease in the violence oh 100 um i think particularly younger people like i was able to reach because i was a, at that time 20 and i was able to reach um people and i wasn't that much older than them. they were like 15 and 16 so it's not like i'm talking to 12 year old 10 year olds i was literally talking to people who almost was in high school with me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they trusted us because we saw the funny story, me and my friend who started, when we see them, we always joke with them. Um, cause they're old guys now like us. And then we'll say the first, uh, few weeks we would go pick them up. We'd be out there sitting in a van in, in Brightwood on like 28th and Adams or something, just waiting. And like, we like, man, they ain't gonna come and look up and they might stroll through coming in by the week, the third week, we get there, they, it's like 10 of them out there waiting on us. We like, man, this, this is what's up. They didn't realize that we were here for, we were here for the long term. We weren't, right. we weren't here for no uh, quick in and out type of thing. And to this day, they'll say, man, no, no, nobody could have reached us the way y'all did. They, they, they will tell us that. And they, they always give us a lot of props. They'll say, um, we, we weren't, we weren't going to listen to people cause people had, would come in their community and try to talk to them. But when I was like, I think, uh, 13, I lived over there. So I knew the community pretty well, but I moved away. And of course I went to college and I came home. Uh, so we would do it every summer and, um, you know, it was a, it was a good situation, uh, for them and for us too. Mm-hmm. We just, we just felt that it was, um, 
it, it was it was important. And the mentorship relationship, I think, um, it, it goes w- without without question. Um, I've instilled that even in my own kids. You know, I, my daughter, she just sent me pictures today of her and her. Uh, she's a big sister and big brother, big sister. She just sent me a picture of them going to a college football game. So I was like, wow, she gets it, you know. Um, and, of course, they didn't have the life I had, you know. So, But it's just beautiful to see that, that they they understand how important it is to give back and be a mentor, you know. And, and you know, big brother, big sister, there's obligations and requirements, you know. And, and so she, she signs up for it, and she's, she's really serious about it and being intentional with her, her little sister. Right. Definitely. And I think what inspires me about you is that a lot of a lot of those in politics, their upcoming is from a lot of money <laughs> from the presidents and mm-hmm. not even the presidents, just the counselors. They come from a lot of mm-hmm. money and you not being from coming up from money, not using your background, mm-hmm. but using your using what you came through to the best of your ability. You didn't have much, but you use what you had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's real. Uh, that alone really inspires you. And um mm-hmm. Definitely uh, commending you on that. Yeah, appreciate that. And you know, I um, I just felt so so blessed that people spend time. I call these people probably every two or three years. Somebody very impactful will come into my life, and it's almost like a tree, man. A, a person come in your life, go that way, and just they just help me sprout up. I call them angels because they, without them, I mean, who knows where I would be? I mean. You know, even the tough ones, my uncle, he was big, tall, strong guy. He was like, he worked at Juvenile Center. He was like, man, if I ever see you here, I'm going to whoop you. I was like, I don't want that dude. I ain't want that smoke. So when my friends would be doing wilding out, I literally would go the other way. I wouldn't get in the car with him. I would just do whatever I, I had to do. And that's he's like an angel because, you know, I never really got in trouble. So I'm, I'm really happy that I was I was scared because of him. You know, because if I was thinking like a like a regular teenager, I would have been like, we might get away with it, whatever mm-hmm. they were doing. And no, no disrespect to them, but I'm just saying I just had somebody that was an angel in my life and he guided me and just like so many other angels. And so um, it wasn't like I just made all the right moves, man, and, and just mm-hmm. did all the right things, man. God just was he was just so, so, so good and blessing me. And he, he wanted me to, um, you know, give back. I, I couldn't have the walk that I had and not give back, um, you know, because I, I feel especially blessed. So, so yeah, thank you for, for saying that, though. Of course. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I feel like it's also so inspiring as young black people to see a black man able to achieve what you have achieved. Yeah, I uh, I feel I feel um, like again um, doing the things my walk. So I I was when I went to college. I was kind of rough around the edges and, um, you know, so I was kind of stumbling through. Um, but then I saw his, his organization, a fraternity, and I was like, yo, they they cool, they smart. And some of them, you know, were still like regular guys. Like they weren't all studious and, you know, all serious. So I, and I knew I couldn't really be that because mm-hmm. I was Indianapolis. I was too 
you know, Brightwood. I was I couldn't be that. So I had you know what I'm saying? So I so I saw those guys. But then when you get in, so I ended up pledging that fraternity and man, it, it's like another great thing that I was able to do that helped me kind of sharpen up myself and make me more polished. Uh, because I would definitely say it helped me out being around other brothers with similar stories and some with other stories who had, you know, different types of backgrounds that were a little more, uh, you know, easier, uh, I would say maybe. But, um, you know, those those, those experiences and, and so many things like that, you know, um, also was a, a, in the uh, Army Reserves. So I spent like 13 years in, in the military. So that that helped me as well. So that helped me be more disciplined about things. And, and to this day, I'm still drawing from both of those types of experiences. So, um, you know, it's just a lot that I've been able to experience that has helped me um, stay in the game, stay stay focused, stay disciplined, uh, hold my head up, you know, go through it and really strive to achieve higher. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I when I was younger, I didn't know that the, the game in life was really to achieve, I thought it was just like whatever comes to me. I thought like whatever job comes to me, if I graduate from high school, whatever. But then, like I said, I, I would look, look look at my cousin's friends when they would come over to my cousin's house for birthday parties. And I was like, man, they, they all right. So I, I said, I got, I got to do it. So I began uh, striving for more. I just wanted more. I just wanted, I just didn't want the life that it was just going to come to me. I wanted to go and get it, whatever that would be. And again, I, I knew I wouldn't do anything that would be illegal. I was just going to study, you know. So again, I became a stockbroker. Next month, it'll be 26 years. Um, and even that journey was a challenge because you got to study. You got to pass all these tests. And, um, you know, it, it's, it was hard. But I, I stuck, you know, I stuck with it and just stay focused. And some people come in, in the industry and they, they don't succeed and then they leave and I'm just happy that 25 years later, I'm still here, you know, and, and it's things like that, that I just want more. I just want better. And, and I just, I just pray that people see that, that it's so much amazing life out here to live mm-hmm. and to go get, like, I, I would definitely not a- attend parties where I know it might be some crazy stuff. I wouldn't hang with people who I know might be, cause my guys were, were really wild out when we were young. Um, like I said, I would know, don't even get in the car with them because you already know something's up under the seat, you know, whatever. So, um, and, you know, just focusing on what I really saw later on down the line. So you kind of said, you know, your mindset being younger is having that exposure to your cousins and your uncles and wanting more. You kind of carried that <clears throat> same mindset into what you want for the east side and what you want for your districts. You want mm. more so could you kind of speak to one thing that you see that you are proud of in the East Side and then one thing that you see the East Side could definitely improve on? Mm-hmm. Great segue, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, um, you know, I'm just so proud of the people on yeah. the East Side. I mean, from the youngest people to the oldest people in our community. Just yesterday we had a big announcement or a big meeting and there's a lady who comes to our neighborhood association meetings and she'll have history books about you know, the East Side, Arlington and all that stuff from 1980 and 60 and 70 and all that stuff. So, you know, these people care about our community. They're so they're so passionate about the East Side. Invested. And they Yeah, absolutely. So they're invested in the East Side and they've seen. I don't know if you guys know about like Devington Plaza. It had Kroger, it had 
bakeries. It had little stores and furniture stores and all that. And it's gone. And they are like, they, they saw, they lived it. So, you know, when I see how strong they are, it gives me, um, strength to, to want to, um, just get out and, and, and work hard for them and, and come back. And I literally will tell them that all the time. Um, when they say, well, congratulations, I'll say, look, I got you to answer to, you know, I want I want to make you proud and make you happy, but what's strong on the East side is the people. Um, the challenges, um, we have a, we have a reputation and mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened. Um, somewhere along the lines, the East side got the bad rap for the whole city. Like this, <laughs> like, I live on the East side. Wait, you live on the East side? Oh my Post God. Road. Post Road? Come on now. That's my district. So they, I'm like, chill. Not too much. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, I am proud to say that, um, since being on the council 2021, 20, 22, every year we've seen a decline in crime. That's violent crime and property crime in my district, uh, in substantial numbers. So, it's uh, from that that period of time is 700 fewer incidences of, of property and violent crime in our district, which means 700 people, 700 fewer people and families experience violent and property crime. So mm-hmm. that's a substantial number. And that's the east side. So but it's still challenging. Right. It's still a challenge. It's still a reputation I'm not proud of. Um, and I think what we're doing now, we we we've really excited the faith based community, our churches, our really kicking in. Eastern Star has been kicking in for years now. Oh, yeah. uh, now we got people uh, like New Direction. They're starting to reveal what they've been uh, doing on the east side. We've got so many uh, neighborhood associations that are coming through and, and creating new housing and new veterans housing and just re- revitalizing the whole uh, community. We've got um, transportation is going to be uh, help connect the east side to downtown. That's the Purple Line. Um, that's also going to beautify our streets and roads on 38th Street. So we got almost 200 million in that alone. Mm-hmm. And um, just just in a few short years, we've done a lot. And I yeah. think um, in the, if you come back on the east side, particularly 38th, you're going you're gonna to be surprised at what you see um, with our, our new banks and our new healthcare centers and, and grocery stores. Just just what you would paint if you were three year, three, a three-year-old or a seasoned architect and they say paint a community is going to have the things that we have now that we weren't, we didn't have it four or five years ago. So I'm happy to be here at this time, whether, like I said, whether it was already baking or, or I've made it happen. I'm just happy that this is the moment. This is the time. And the people trusted me with their uh, community's future and uh, you know, my neighbors and, and my, all those in the East side of Indy. So I'm ha- happy to be uh, doing what they asked me to do just, mm-hmm. just four years ago. And how can residents be more informed on those changes? Like, are there meetings that the council is holding that are open to the public? How can we be more informed and engaged and involved? Yeah, so <clears throat> another good question. They, they, I really encourage people to seek to get involved. Yeah. That makes a big community, like you say, the east side is so big. Where does it start? Where does it end? It's big, but it becomes smaller and becomes more intimate, more familiar with people when they get involved. Mm-hmm. So almost every community has a neighborhood association. Um, in my community, there's Devington, uh, there's Shane, there's Audubon Gardens, there's Arlington Woods, there's Devon. There's uh, so many uh, across the east side of Indy that um, you can just go to their meetings. And so now you know on your 
two or three block radius what's happening. But because you don't um, go to meetings, you can't really voice what's happening. So we might because we don't go up and down every single street every day. So we don't know that they're speeding there. They're, there's, you know, needs to be a stop sign um, or there's high traffic that, you know, might need to have increased police uh, oversight or whatever in a certain place. So um, coming to those neighborhood association meetings and it's it's um, you can find them on the city's website. If you live somewhere around this around the city of Indianapolis, you can go to Indy.gov and in the search box, put neighborhood associations. If you can't find it, they can just reach out to the Indianapolis City County Council and our office in, in the city county building. Just call them and ask, say, this is where I live. What's the nearest neighborhood association? And then you can go to that neighborhood association, get involved. And now you got a, a bigger voice because um, you got your neighbors that are somewhere in your community that also know what's happening. You know, sometimes uh, businesses will will have loud noises and you you really are tired of hearing it but you thought you were the only one you go to these meetings and now you band together and you say hey councilman can you please get these these businesses to abide by our noise or ordinances so things like that you also have uh the mayor's representatives will be there you'll have impd our police department their representatives will be there so it's really a, a collection of people who care about the community coming together so I would encourage everybody to know where their nearest neighborhood association uh, meets and at least a few times a year, if not every month, which they have them every month, at least a few times a year, go make yourself known. Because when you go into some of these these communities that look all nice and shiny, believe me, they they go to their neighborhood association meetings and they voice their opinion. That's one of the big differences. I think we kind of accept it in, in a black community and we kind of normalize certain things, you know, that happen, certain things that happen in our community. If it happened one time in, in certain right. other communities, this is going to be an uproar. But if it happens in our community once a week, it's kind of like no big deal. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. That's a call to action, man. Absolutely. Get in your community. Absolutely. Yeah. Organize. Yeah. Pay attention to what's going on. Start now, not later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's important, especially as youth, to start paying attention to what happens in your community so you can be educated as you get older, not educating yourself when you are older. Right. Thank you. Because this is the community that we're going to inherit. Thank you. you know, exactly. We have to take the conditions of our community. Like, we're going to live here. Exactly. Like, <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. Right. Like, I'm personally, as a Far East Side resident, I am invested and dedicated to my community. I don't plan on moving to Dallas or Chicago Thank or you. some other big city. Like, yeah. I want to live here for the rest of my life. and. Yeah. If I'm going to live here, I want it to look, Thank you know, you. The, how I imagine it. Absolutely. So taking control of our conditions, taking control of our lives, like that's probably yeah. the best thing that we can do at yes. this age, starting now. Facts. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I even I even get a little upset at people when they say they just moved to the near, nearby county. I'll be like, you live in Hamilton County? Why don't you just stay in Indy? You know, you <laughs> yeah. live in Hendrix or Hancock, stay in Indy. Because there's great communities in our in our area um, you can make the community better that you live in if you care. You don't have to move, you know. You can just come here and just roll your sleeves up and, and, and make it better. And I think with myself and some of those leaders like Ashley Gervis on the east side, uh, I think she's going to be on the on the podcast as well soon. Mm-hmm. People like us, we, rec- we recognize it's our time and we got to do our part. And I think we've seen some of the results um, that if you do 
get out here and bring skill to the community, you're gonna you're gonna see some change in the, in a few short years. Yeah. Stay and fight for sure. Stay and fight. Let's get it. Don't be a quitter. <laughs> Don't be moving in Dallas. I'm yeah, talking nah. to my auntie. <laughs> and there's power in numbers too. So yes. we got power in numbers. Yeah, can't you can't just do it. Be on your block complaining. Yeah. You got to come to the meetings. You got to share. <coughs> and believe me, somebody else is probably thinking the same thing you are. Right. And you might not want to bring it up because to, you don't want to go knock on ran, random people's doors and saying, "Hey, y'all need to cut y'all grass or y'all need to stop all this loud music." You come to the meeting and everybody's like, yeah, I've been wanting to complain about it, too, because it brings it brings the comfort of the of the community down. Right. And you don't want no 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 problem. So you don't want to be knocking on people's doors. But come to the meetings. Come yeah. to the meetings. You don't do nothing else. Come to the meeting. <laughs> no, two things. Want something and come to the meetings. Right. <laughs> As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. That's um. We talked to Samantha Douglas last week with Cafe Indie, and that's one of the yeah. things she said. Like everybody thinks that they have to be super informed on how the systems work and super um, aware, and they have to know everything. And they come mm-hmm. to the meetings with the facts, like mm-hmm. the one lady with the book. Like mm-hmm. people think that that's what they have to do in order Absolutely. to get involved, but really, all you have to do, and this is what she told us, is know what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, all you have to do, the first and only thing you have to will, first thing you have to do. Is know what you want. Know the vision you want for mm-hmm. your people and your community. And that's the best start. Cause, mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. No, shout out to Samantha, Far East Community Council president. Um, no, so so that's real deal facts right there. Um, I can say almost everything I've ever done, I really wasn't prepared or expected, knew what I was doing. I, I kind of get in the job and I learned it on, on the way. But I also say almost everything I did, I, I came in on the ground floor and I went to the top because I get in and I, I figure what needs to be done out and I be courageous. I'm, I'm courageous. I take the guy whose name I mentioned, Reverend Dr. Andrew J. Brown, I take that that mindset because he, he marched with Martin Luther King and they brought some of that mindset to Indianapolis. And so they're the architects of what we see here in mm-hmm. Indy. And I take their mindset on some of our older politicians who are no longer with us, like William Crawford and Glenn Howard and even Julia Carson. I know these these these, the strength that it took. It's unfortunately it was like in the 70s and 80s, but it took the same strength from them that it took for somebody in the 1800s and 1700s like Harriet Tubman. I mean, it takes strength to just move forward. And so when I'm in these rooms, I'm thinking like them. I'm like, I'm going to be courageous. I'm yeah. not going to be quiet. I ask tough questions because I want to see things change. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you got to you gotta, you gotta have that courage. And, but really, you don't have to be master. Like I, I tell people that, like, let me get this done. Let me, get, let me graduate. Let me do this. Most of what I've done in my life, I definitely wasn't prepared for it. But I just go for it. 
and 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 I know what I want. I think that's what you said, Samantha said. Um, and I just go in and I um, we're gonna make this thing happen. And then I figure it out. One like one last question mm-hmm. for me. Then I'm done. <laughs> Who are some local legends that you look up to when you need like the pick me up or when you need the strength? <laughs> Who do you draw on to? Who are some of the local legends you evoked? Julia Carson, Absolutely. Reverend Andrew J. Brown. Who yes. else? Yeah, those those are it. I mean, mm-hmm. I I feel like I sat at the at the feet of giants just by being in the same room with them for years. Like that's who baptized me, Reverend Dr. Andrew J. Brown. So I mean, I feel like um, I, I I sat at the feet of people that were important. I've been in many conversations with Glenn Howard, with uh, uh, Bill Crawford. These these people um, they were not they were not gentle in their requests. They they weren't like saying pretty please in, yeah. in their request. They were demanding change. They were demanding improvement, demanding better. And that's how I feel that I take a lot of that in. And now I think I use a little uh, modern day negotiation skills <laughs> that I think I tap into as a stockbroker. But I think um, I definitely need some of, some of that sometimes because, like I said, I, I've not been the master of certain things. Like, how do you bring a bank to a community. I've never mm-hmm. done that before, but that didn't stop me from reaching out to uh, these bank executives um, uh, from Horizon Bank uh, just three years ago. And it materialized until yesterday. We just had one of the first or second uh, community meetings, which which they announced the, the renderings of how it's going to look in our community. But that just became, be, that was because I, I went to a community event um, there was like a, a holiday event and I was with my daughter and I was like, we're going to work this room. She thought we were going to come and get some free food. I was like, we're about to work this room. Cause I knew it was a lot of execs there. And I just courageously walked up to people and, you know, when I learned who they are, what they, what they do, I was, my immediate thoughts were, what can they do for my community? And I just, right. I was courageous in asking them that. So I take, uh, those names that I just mentioned, um, and so many more that I, I can't mention. Um, I don't, I don't. I, I can't think of right now, but so many, so many people um, that I, I know have blessed me. So I have to be strong and give back. So many mentors, community center uh, leaders, coaches, um, my uncle who I reference, uh, just so many people that have been um, a blessing and a part of my journey that helped me be uh, the person that I am today. Definitely. Definitely. I love that. It <laughs> still goes back to getting connected. Find somebody, find your mentor. For sure. It can literally be anybody, your pastor, you know, especially sure. in the black community. Just make uh, those connections and you could do relatively anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is also something we talk about a lot, like the lack of sense of community that a lot of young people feel. Like a lot of us don't go to church no more. Mm-hmm. A lot of us don't know about the community center down the street. We're mm-hmm. Like this is just an old building. We don't even know mm-hmm. the historical importance of it or the old church. We don't even know. So I think it also tastes like just going outside, mm-hmm. getting off social media and going outside. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you think that social media has replaced going to the community center? Yeah, it is a community center, but not the right one. (laughs) (laughs) Community center without walls, yeah, yeah, where everything goes, (laughs) right? And I feel like that's one bad thing that has come from our generation is we're so reliant. I feel like on technology and social media. Like, what if we just lose all of that technology? What would we realistically do? Mm -hmm. Be a bunch of robots. (laughs) 
Zombies. Walk, walking around with no no real guidance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it 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 really has its positives, but from the beginning, I I was thinking about um, like so, social media and how, you know, and I'm really still not sold that the people who run it, like the Zuckerbergs of the world, they they're not just like the guy in the in those movies, like it's in the hands of the bad guy versus the good guy on the other side. So I don't know, cause man, it's so it's so crazy how. Um, how it can guide us from a psychological perspective, from the likes and clicks and desire to see all that to just being a playground for um, beefs that really result in real life situations. Right. So I really, uh, I really, I think, uh, you, you, you know, there's good in it, but there's definitely some bad in it. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like that's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap, man. I can't, I can't thank you guys enough. For letting little old me, Keith Graves, City County Council District 9 on the east side of Indy, come here and talk to your listeners, talk to y'all, share my story. You know, like I said, I, I don't typically do too much of it, but I really appreciate this opportunity. The pleasure is Thank ours. Thank you. Yes, pleasure is definitely ours. How can we connect with you and find you? Yeah. Or how so, can the viewers yeah. connect with you and find you? Where can we pull up need, on you? No. <laughs> sure, <laughs> if they sure. need something no. in their community, in the, your district. Yeah. This case in Pajos ain't fixed, like you, you know said. Hey, look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm from here, man. You ain't got to look hard. But no, I uh, I ran on being available uh, to lend my name, my voice, my influence to any situation uh, for my members of my constituency in, in District 9. Uh, but you can find me um all social media platforms and uh, my website is uh, Um City Council office, as I mentioned, if you want to look it up, ending up a City County Council. But my telephone number, which I have no problems giving out, 317-560-4554. And I am always available. Uh, I attend a lot of uh, events for our community. Um, it's something that I, I, I think um, me in this role I should I should be grand openings um, and other other things of that nature. So, mm-hmm. yeah. words you used earlier was accessible. I think that's yeah. what we need. We need more accessible politicians. Cause yeah, yes. yeah no, nah, we I'm not yeah. Yeah, I'm not uh, Chris Brown and that he's hiding in my expensive <laughs> hotel. <laughs> no, nah, I come out and shake hands. I come out and be with the people. Um, you know, because I'm I'm actually from the community. I, right. I grew up in the neighborhood I serve. So I mean, it's it's like I know people. Um, I don't go up and down every street, but I might have been on every street because you know I've been in that East Side community my entire life. Yes, East Side. I'm personally from the West Side. But all love to the East Side. For though. sure. For sure, we certainly appreciate yes, that because uh, East Side, by the East Side, you know, it's on, it's coming up. Y'all better get in now. And one thing mm-hmm. I think is so unfair. You said this earlier that everybody puts all the negative connotations with Indy on the East Side, and I live on the West Side, and there's so much crazy stuff that happens over <clears throat> there. There's so many shootings, mm-hmm. murders on the West Side, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's not really talked about as much as the stuff that happens on the east side for sure so. yeah i don't know why they've done that i mean it might be something that's just outside of downtown and they'll be like east side like, near near we, east side we just take the blame for everything yeah. that was post so, yeah <laughs> that was shape yeah. yeah but um Come no on, huh? we we changing that we we changing that yeah thanks to people like samantha douglas mm-hmm. yeah 
Ashley Gervitz, uh, Kendra Noah Cafe, uh, those people. Talking about people who inspire me, you know, those people, they do. Um, family, uh, you know, those things, those people. Well, thank you again, thank you so counselor. Much. Congratulations again on the dub. Yes, yes, yes. yes sir. Now the work starts. Big, right. Big dub, right. never the little one. Yes, sir, for sure. <laughs> thank y'all. Appreciate it. It's so, all right, listeners. It's been real. Okay. You know, stay true, stay to yourself. Peace out. Peace out, out from Real Talk. This is Real Talk. No strings attached. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. And be sure to check out other great podcasts on the All Indiana Podcast Network. Online now at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.